For me, I think the function of an art collection is to bring joy and lift the spirits of staff. It's about supporting artists and then it's about adding something back to the community. It's not about having really expensive sculptures on an executive floor. It should be something that, that's right on every floor of the building and in the wider area. Hi, I'm Emma Dowling from the Future of Work team at Irish Life. And I'm Terry Murphy from Group Comms in Irish Life. And welcome to Unmuted, the podcast which takes the big complex topic known as future work and tries to make sense of it. On this episode, Emma, you caught up with Tony Lawless because you actually know quite a lot about art. And you and Tony in a group that I would love to sit on, but you would never have me. Uh, you <laughs> sit in the Irish Life art group. But is there is there much to talk about with regards to Irish life and art? And are you going to tell me that actually when I'm on campus, I'm surrounded by lots of prestigious, fabulous sculptures and paintings and I've had no appreciation for them for the last few years? I, I think that, you know, people don't realise even the sculpture that's out on the main concourse, our chariot of life, that's such an important piece of Irish art. So that was created by Ushin Kelly and it was the last piece he created before he passed away. And that's a hugely important piece of art. But again, throughout the rest of the campus as well, we've got loads of really interesting and important art on the walls and art from really important Irish artists, such as Louis Le Braquet or Patrick Scott that people may have heard of, but also other artists like Des Kinney, who did the mosaics in our restaurant, um, which is a really important piece of art that we all just take for granted, I think. Um, So yeah, so it was good to catch up with Tony and talk about um, the collection and the future of the collection, um, because it's a collection that belongs to all of us, um, all of the staff at Irish Life. But a a collection like this is really important for a business, not just because of the investment value of it or the monetary value, but also because art helps to spark joy in people. Um, And I think, you know, we take that for granted a little bit. And with the new building, we're going to be able to see the art much more freely. And that's the stuff that myself and Tony talk all about. And how, if someone is very interested in art and they would like to join the committee, how can they do it? So if anyone has an interest in art and would like to to become a member of the committee, um, if they could drop us an email to comms at irishlife.ie expressing um, their interest and the reason that they would like to join the committee and their interest in art in general, that would be great. And the committee meets will meet approximately six times a year. So it's not a huge time commitment. Okay, well, I am really, really looking forward to hearing more. We are going to put all of the details on how you can join the committee in the show notes and the SharePoint so people don't have to rush for their pens or rewind. It'll all be there. And let's just get straight to Tony. Yeah, so I've worked in Irish Life since 1990. So I would have joined when there was no PCs, uh, but ashtrays in everybody's desk. That's how long I'm there. So um yeah, so I've always been interested in art and uh, interesting when I left school, I got a, a place in the National College of Art and Design, but I decided not to take it. And that's what happens when you don't take a place in an art college, you end up in a life insurance company for 30 years. Uh, so just recently, I suppose I just got interested in the art collection. I was talking to Fergus Dowd, um, you know, and it's something that I felt we should, you know, we should probably look at and protect and maybe uh, modernize uh, the collection. So could you tell me a little bit maybe about the history of the collection? Like, when was it started? Um, or do you know that? Yeah, great. Uh, well, Fergus will be the expert on this now. Uh, and he's been great. He's had a great link uh, with the collection over many years. But 
you know, we've, we've over 200 pieces in the collection, which might surprise people. Um, and it, it probably started really when the original headquarters in Mescal Road. Um, so that was 1963. Um, the first couple of pieces would have been bought. Then, you know, I suppose a lot of the art would have originated from the development of the campus, the current campus back in the late 70s. Um, so the architects would have been involved. So if you look at, say, the likes of the charity of uh, the charity of fire, that would have been around that time. If, you know, the one at the front, the big uh, Ushin Kelly piece, um, the, the mosaic that's in the restaurant and that used to be in the gardens from Des Kinney uh, and the tapestries from Louis Lebrocki. So a lot of a lot of pieces would have been bought for that uh, that building, uh, and then. You know, we, we've been involved, our life's been involved in the arts for, for many years. So we've been involved, one of the founder members of Business to Arts, uh, and we uh, have um, sponsored the award for uh, use of creativity in the community. Uh, so we, we joined Business to Arts back in 1988 uh, as a founder member. Uh, and I suppose the, there would have been a, a kind of vibrant connection to the arts back then. And then in 91, uh, Beresford was built. So again, that probably would be the next big push. So a lot of pieces uh, in Beresford, uh, particularly, say, The Singing Bird uh, by Connor Fallon in the atrium, you know, they would have been all uh, bought around then. So so most of the um, collection was probably pre-2000, um, you know, a big chunk uh, at 63, a big chunk 79, and a big chunk in 91. Uh, and then that's kind of kind of petered out over the last while. Um, and then you mentioned Fergus, um, who has retired recently, I believe. So was Fergus responsible for looking after the collection and, and who looks after it now? Yeah, so I don't think anybody was responsible for it. I think Fergus took it on himself to mind it. Uh, you know, certainly he was really interested in it. And uh, and what's great is he, he has retired, but he's he's remained connected and he's helping out a huge amount with the collection. He's very passionate about it. Um, so... You know, my view is that everybody in our life is responsible for the collection and everybody should be excited by it and involved in it. And um, what we've done is we've we've set up an art group. There used to be an art group way back when. We've set up an art group um, that provisionally has members of, I suppose, a number of stakeholders that I wanted to be involved. So um, Fergus is involved from an expertise point of view, which is great. Uh, and then from a uh, diversity and inclusion point of view, uh, Donna Callan is representing DNI. Um, if you look at um, CSI, we have um, or CSR with Gillian Fitzgibbon. Um, I think that's important because you know I'd be interested in how we can help the local community uh, through our, our art collection or through spend in, in art. Um, then, in terms of the the campus, Olivia Fitzpatrick is representing the campus, and, and that's obviously going to be really key as we move into the new campus and deal with the architects there. Uh, and then we've a wonderful, very uh, talented person called Emma Dowling, uh, who's uh, who's <laughs> involved in the comm side. So a bit, a bit of what I want to do is I want people to see the collection and understand what it is and potentially have a say in what the collection should be going forward. So that's why I think it's really important that you're on the group. Um, and then we're using Business to Arts uh, to help us, uh, I suppose, um, catalog the collection and give some advice and storage and all that type of stuff so at the moment there's a group uh which is the art group but they represent for me the, the whole staff of art life and actually one of the things that i want to do is try and expand that group with a couple of people who are both interested in the arts and feel that they can add to us in terms of any kind of expertise and um, so ultimately you'd like a group of maybe eight or nine that are that are representing but really linked in with the the staff in art life and then um, you've mentioned business to arts a couple of times. Um, so 
people might not know about that organization. So what sort of service do they provide and what are they doing with Irish Life to, to work with us on the collection? Yes, yeah, so Business to Arts are a charity that link business to arts. <laughs> no surprise <laughs> there, right? <laughs> um, stating the bleeding obvious. So, um, so what they do is they would help you know businesses that want to invest in the arts. So if you look at, say, Bank of Ireland, they have a, an ESB, they have a fund that is specifically out there to, to help uh, artists and invest in the arts. Um, they would help people connect. So if you have an art collection or if you have a project you want to do, they deal a lot with building uh, companies that maybe w- would like a you know a large sculpture and that type of stuff, uh, and then also they, they they fundraise and they mentor uh, artists and art organisations. So the aim of it is to try and bring creativity to business and then try and use business to support the arts. So for us, what they're helping us do, you know, the next couple of stages are first of all catalog the collection so we know exactly all the pieces that are there. They're going to help us store it. So it's all being stored at the moment. It's been moved down to a, a storeroom uh, in the basement uh, and make sure that it's safe and insured and all that sort of stuff. And also, they would give us a bit of guidance in terms of what we should do with the collection. So what themes are there? What what, what artists are really important? Um, you know, maybe what work is unhangable? You know, so they will give us a bit of advice. But ultimately, you know, the choice in what we do with the art collection is down to the staff. Um. So then why would it be important for a company like Irish Life to have an art collection? Like what function does it serve? Yeah, that's, well, I have to give you my personal view here because that's an interesting one. So you would look at art, you know, I've been around lots of organizations and sometimes it's around an investment, you know, so people would pick pieces that are going to grow in value. Sometimes it's about, you know, I suppose, giving a good impression, you know, you have art and, you know, we're really... I suppose, wealthy, powerful organization. You know, uh, for me, I think the function of an art collection is to bring joy uh, and lift the spirits of of staff. Um, And a couple of things. One is, I think, so it's for the staff to to bring a bit of joy and a couple of pieces that will, you know, uh, maybe inspire and uh, give a bit of energy to the organization. Uh, The second bit, I think we have a responsibility. So I think it should be about... Um, supporting arts and young artists and and emerging artists. So you know, if we have a collection, you know, the f- it's really important that we invest in in artists um, who are developing their careers. You know, it's it's there's not many people out, out there with the buying power of art life to buy art and support uh, artists. And the third bit is for me, it's around enhancing the community. So you know, what can we do for the local community? So, so as I said, we sponsored the Creativity in the Community uh, Award, and that went to uh, a, a major installation uh, last year um, in Galway. Yeah, it was in Galway. You know, so so what can we do? I'd like to see some of the money we're spending on art go to the local community around Cherry Street. Could we get murals done? You know, so for me, it's three things: they're bringing joy to the staff. You know, it's about um, supporting artists and then it's about adding something back to the community. And it's not about, you know, and I think, you know, what was great is both Declan and Teresa were really uh, supportive in, in what I think we should be doing. It's not about having really expensive sculptures on an executive floor. Uh, that's not what the collection should be about. And they're, they're very supportive that, that, that that's what the collection should be. It should be something that, that's right on every floor of the building and, and in the wider area. So then um, in terms of bringing joy, like the, the collection, we, you've mentioned um, a couple of the tapestries by Louis Le Broque who and, and they're really beautiful. But like that, you do need to go up to the executive floor to see them. But are there any pieces then that would 
spark joy for you that you, are particular favorites or that you, you know, if, if you could run away with them and mind them in your house, you, you'd bring them home? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a couple. But it's interesting when we met and, and at the, the first art group, we all kind of talked about what our favorite pieces were. And I don't think I overlapped with you at all. And some of no. those you picked were horrendous, right? So I think... <laughs> I mean, I think That's the beauty you know, of art, Tony. It's a yeah, very yeah. personal choice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it, it's funny, I was chatting away. I, I have uh, I have a closer affinity with the lads in reception than with Fergus Dowd in terms of my taste in art. Because we were looking at some of the stuff and they were like, Jesus, what the hell is that? Uh, so um, it's interesting. There's two for me. One, one is, and both for different reasons. One is... Uh, if people remember the Trevor Gagan piece, so there was two massive paintings in reception um, of kind of Wicklow countryside, kind of a bog. Uh, and I love them just because of the impact, you know, coming in, but also because they were the pieces that people saw. You know, that's for me what art should be about, which is, you know, it was massive. Uh, everybody could see it. You saw it every day on the way into the canteen. And I just thought it was a lovely piece. And the other piece is a piece that probably less people would have seen. There's, a, there's uh, up on the ninth floor, there would have been... Um, portraits of all the previous CEOs uh, and there's one of David Kingston um, which I think is absolutely brilliant uh, and it's by James Handley and it's just it's incredibly energetic and if you, you you knew David Kingston he was like that but he's like it almost jumps out at you uh, and wants to grab you from the from the from the page uh, from the uh, from the, the canvas and that to me I thought was brilliant I mean I know you like the Epstein bus and I know you know uh, there's other yeah, ones I'm a sculpture buff I, lo- I love sculpture so I like I love the the Ushin Kelly um sculpture and and even just the maquette the, the small um you know the the piece that he would have supplied as the this is what the the main fountain's going to look like. So I love the Ushin Kelly, yeah. um, and then the Epstein's. You know they're just they're very striking. Yeah, and it's like it's it's an important collection, and you don't maybe don't realize it until like business to arts work. Oh wow, their their jaws are open at the stuff that they've seen. So we've like we have you know as you said we ten Jacob Epstein busts. I mean he would be a, a very influential sculptor that would have you know influenced the likes of Henry Moore. You know world renowned sculptor. We ten busts of Jacob Epstein and um, Ushin Kelly. I mean Ushin Kelly. You know the, the fountain that's outside. I was just chatting away to somebody about what that represents and they, they weren't aware of it the other, the other day. I mean, it's meant to be man's, my understanding, unless I was explained badly to me, man's intellect controlling his emotions. So the horse of the emotions and the, the figure of the intellect. But like Oshin Kelly was incredible uh, artist again. And people would know the Children of Lear up in the Garden of Remembrance, the statue of Jim Larkin. You know, Dan Cork is one of two two working men looking up at the, the, the county hall. So like really impressive artist, Louis Labrocki, you know, there's there's a painting of him by Bono in the national of not of him by Bono, but of Bono by him in the National Gallery. I mean, he he would have done a lot of paintings, and people would have recognised his heads of some of the the kind of playwrights and, and literary giants. And Louis Le Brocky would be incredibly famous. And Patrick Scott, you know, again, he's done a couple of tapestries. The, the one that's in in reception in Beresford, right? So it's they're they're just around the place, but like. He, he will be, again, a very famous artist. Uh, just this year alone, uh, on post, uh, had a collection, you know, stamp collection based on his art, you know. So so we've a very important collection, and it's very important to to, to keep some of those and to, to reflect, you know, um, the, the importance of those pieces. And we do have a good gender balance in the collection as well, which I think is something that's quite unusual 
um, for an institutional collection. So I think I, the split I 60, saw was 60-40. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is which is incredible when you think, you know, um, most most museums don't have that good a, a, a gender split. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a bit for me around DNI. I was interested to see that that's 40% female artists, 60% male. There's a bit for me around, you know, maybe the diversity. You know, so all the stuff was bought before 2000 and most of it. But, you know, Dublin is a much, or Ireland is a much more diverse country now. So it'd be interesting to look at diversity from a different lens, which is ethnic background and, you know, things like that, you know. But also a lot of the, the a lot of the companies, so um, there would be quite a few of the colleges and kind of institutions that, are, that have a, a project called uh, Women on Walls and, uh that's different. It's not about artists being female, but it's about representing women. Because you go to the, the you know, the uh, the College of Surgeons, you know, and all of the previous presidents or whatever, whatever they're called, the highfalutins, you know, every single one of them are men. You know, I remember going to a conference on DNI, and it was there, and it was like literally four hundred pictures of old dusty men on the walls. You know, so so DNI has there's loads of different opportunities to, to diversify our collection. You know, I'd love to. I'd love to have an artist from every county. You know, say for Dundalk. Dundalk has no, not that I know of, no major pieces in the collection. Um, you know, it'd be great to get somebody from from that area, from Louth, the Cooley Peninsula. You know, and, and and get an artist from there to produce a sculpture for Dundalk. You know, so I think there's lots of stuff we can do. Absolutely, and you know, there's lots of different things that we can do in terms of. Um, you know, diversity and, and including the community in the collection. And um, like, I'm struck by what you mentioned there about potentially getting, you know, murals on walls and involving the, the local area. I mean, we we have um, artist studios near us and even the DIT artists um, college is is just up the up the road from the, the offices. So in Dublin, so there is opportunities there. So from your perspective, then, what do you see is the future of the collection or what would your hopes be for the future of the collection? And for art in general and our involvement as a company with arts? Yeah. So I, well, I'd like them to buy some of my paintings because I paint in, you know, in my spare time. So a couple of Tony Lawless's in the collection would, would help me greatly. Um, but failing that, um, so I think I think, well, the first of all, there's just what, what are we going to be doing? So there's plans, right? So the first thing is we need to catalog it. So we need to know what, what art we have and where it is. And I was kind of a bit like a treasure hunter sniffing around places because there's loads of paintings that have kind of gone missing because people have moved them. So we have them all. We have them all catalogued now. The second thing is then to store them safely. So as I said, they're all stored safely or they're going to be stored safely in the next couple of weeks. So once you've been cataloged, what I, the next stage I'd like to do is, with your help uh, on the comm side, is to communicate to the staff what we have, you know, so photograph them, you know, professionally. You know, I'd be interested to, to communicate it firstly to the staff around, you know, showing them all the art we have and interest to get their views, which ones they like, what they don't like, what themes they'd like to include in it, you know. So really get that input from from, from, from everybody. Because I, I think there's, like, I'm used to seeing, I would have been up and down to the ninth floor all the time. And a lot of the art is the ninth floor. It's in offices, you know. Uh, so actually showing it to, to the staff is, is the next stage. So then, you know, I think it'd be interesting to get the, the views from business to arts, you know, from the arts group and, and from the staff as to what do we do with the collection? What themes do we want? Uh, and ultimately, what I'd like to do then is to either move some of the art. So, for example, it's, 
even even temporarily, let's move. Could we move some of it to Dundalk, which isn't being, which is a new building? You know, what would look really good up there? Um, so move it, uh, potentially sell some of it, and build a bit of a fund. And with that fund, my own view is that we'd, I would like to do a couple of things. One is, you know, to based on, on what we feel that the, the art collection should represent, based on the new uh, building and where we can hang art. So there won't be offices. So it's very different. You know, there probably won't be as much wall space, a lot of glass. So, so what art would fit well in that collection? Uh, and, and maybe encouraging, you know, both new artists as well that we, we, we sell some of the, some of the, the, the art collection that was maybe non core based on what the theme was, you know, and, and have a fund to really invest in, in, in new art that would fit and, and make the, the, the new campus sing. And I'd also like us to put some money aside for, um, for, for the community. So, you know, you love those Epstein bus. If we sold one of those, um, for example, I'm not saying we would, right? But uh, there's a couple I don't like. But if we sold one of those, you could. That'd be a very nice fund to get young artists with the with the, the local community to do fantastic murals, you know, all around the area. You know, I, I think it'd be great. So, so that's the thing for me, which is, you know, about democratizing art. It's about understanding what we have, protecting it, communicating, and us deciding what we want the collection to be. And um, by also in the whole the whole uh, of Irish life, and then you know living to that, I suppose that vision for the collection, uh, which I think will will you know, entail you know refreshing it and, and getting some new stuff. So so interesting. There's a, there's a call out the, the immediate call out. I, I'd be interested if there are people who are interested in that journey uh, to maybe send me an email. You know what I'd love is is two or three people. You don't want a group of 30 people, right? Because you kill each other. But if you two or three people who, who could send me an email saying, A, you know, why they might be interested in joining the art group and what they feel they could add to it. So what expertise or skills they have that could add to it. Um, that'd be great. I'd love to get another two or three people as we start this journey off. And that would be great. So then in terms of um, people expressing that interest, Tony, when would you really ideally need to hear from them? Would it be by the... Oh. So we will be um, out in early December. Okay, well, so so middle of December. Do you know what I mean? Let's let's say let's call it by um, if people could get to me by the tenth of tenth of December, and um, that'd be yeah. great. And I'll maybe have a look at it and, and try and reach out to a couple of people. Um, you know, so it, this isn't an immediate like you know it's going to take a little bit of time because obviously we have, we have to store the stuff. So you know, it, it's going to be the next couple of years. Um, and the campus won't be ready for another, I don't know, two, three years, whatever. So, you know, but you'd like to be in a position, the stuff we can do immediately around, I think, the local community. We're even talking about getting a, maybe an artist to design the hoarding around the building when we start actually construction. So there's, there's definitely phases where you can get cracking straight away. Um, so uh, it'll be an exciting journey, I think, over the next couple of weeks. And I think what I'd like to, at the end of it, I would like art to be a bigger part of the staff's everyday life uh, and to have pieces that they that resonate with them and that you know bring them joy that's pretty much it yeah and I agree I think you know a lot of that is just telling the story of the pieces like right down to who the artist was what the pieces even just your explanation there of the um the chariot of life and what it's about you know reason ruling emotion I'm sure an awful lot of people don't realize that but when you get told that it makes you engage with the piece in a completely different way yeah. so I think telling the story of the collection would be key um so uh yeah I think uh the more people that can engage with it and you know g- 
get involved with the art group and and just get interested in in it um the the better overall yeah i think you're right and i think yeah there is a bit where when you hear the story or where it came from or what it's about you know because sometimes you look at like the Labrocky tapestry that's meant to be ahead of like dennis mclaughlin's telling me that's like ahead of ku cullen or something like that well, I couldn't see that now. Maybe he's been smoking something. But, you know, when I was at meetings, it looked like a load of a load of dots to me, right? So I need to squint maybe and look at it a bit better. But when you actually understand what some of the art's about or, or you know, it, it does or, or why why it's there or, or, you know, maybe the life story of the of the artist, you know, there, there will be some interesting pieces, um, you know, and then there's pieces that there are pieces that are unhangable uh, and there are pieces that, you know, I think, most people might like, like you're a bit of a, an art snob, right? So you might <laughs> like it, right? But but other people, I'm talking about the normal, common people of the the working people of Irish life, me, the lads in reception, all the people around the building, like you know. So for elitists like you, you might think, well, that's a very important piece. But we might think, Jesus, yeah, well, sell well, that and get a nice. Well, no, that's that's um, I think the Epstein's would be much more popular than you think. <laughs> I'm you know sure. they're they're lovely tactile pieces, um, and actually what we'll do is um, the works that we've we've mentioned in in our chat here today. I'll, I'll get images up to to go with the podcast so people can actually um, sort of see what it is that we're talking about. And uh, do feel free, Tony, to share some of your art with us, oh, and, no, and no, we no. can pop that on as well. <laughs> it's all for sale. It's all for sale. What was I was going to say the um, yeah throw the throw the um, portrait of um, of David Kingston up on it if you can just yeah. to show people what what I'm talking about. So David Kingston, used, for people that don't know him, he was the the CEO years ago. But his there was a lady cleaning the desk at one stage, and she went into his office, and it, he was he wasn't there, and she tripped and fell over because he was doing yoga behind his desk. Right, so this is a guy slightly eccentric, but no, he wasn't eccentric, but hugely energetic. Uh, guy, you know, and just see if that pops out of you when you see the uh, the image of him in the portrait. Well, that's brilliant. Tony, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Emma. Bye. So I really enjoyed that chat with Tony. Terry, are you a converted art fan now? Well done. It was really good. I wish I say that like I'm surprised. <laughs> but actually, I think I really appreciated how much you both really really enjoy art and I felt like you made that all very accessible which was really really great I also really enjoyed when he said that the pieces that you picked out were horrendous well played Tony (laughs) well I mean it's not my fault Tony has terrible taste in art but um but that's the great thing about art it is so subjective and everyone will find something I think to love in the collection and when the new building is completed and the artworks are freshly displayed I think everybody will find something that they love. Do you know what in one way it's a real shame that we're not going back to an office where everyone is just smoking and like having a bit of crack it sounds kind of great kind of sad that I (laughs) well the the 90s were a great time that's all I'll say. Oh, we're all so well behaved these days. Right. Okay. Um, thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of Unmuted. And we look forward to seeing you for the next one. Hope you can join us. Thanks. See you then.